Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 44 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about Legos. Legos. You know, this, this is a really timely topic, uh, or maybe just our, our timing is good. But last week, I ran across two newspaper pieces about Legos. and So I, I want to read a couple of paragraphs of them because I think it's really interesting stuff for folks who are interested in flipping Legos. Well, let me, let me uh, just pick up reading this. This summer, a downtown Seattle Amazon store started noticing a shoplifter taking off with Star Wars Lego sets and other items sometimes multiple times a day. As the loss creeped up into the thousands, an Amazon employee walked into a Pike Place market store and recognized some of the stolen items. Thus began the Seattle PD's months-long investigation that revealed the store owner allegedly bought items from a shoplifter and then sold them in his shop. SPD said they confiscated 171 stolen Lego sets. Wow. So this, sh- this shop owner was at it for quite a while, and he built a network of people going around town finding Lego sets and things that that he would buy. Of course, it was hot merchandise. He paid pennies on the dollar. The article goes on to say that Walmart in many parts of the city and outlying areas, you'll actually see Lego sets locked up in big glass cases. Wow. And here's the, the, the one that I liked the best. The article was, uh, it was an NPR piece and it's titled, Lego larceny may be on the rise. (laughs) French police have been investigating an international ring of toy thieves. This is big stuff. Now we're international thieves. Wow. With a particular affinity for Legos. In this case, three suspects were caught taking boxes of Legos from a toy shop near Paris with the goal of selling them in Poland. And it's not just Europe. Lego robberies have happened in the United States as well. Last month, a man in Oregon was arrested after local police suspected he stole $7,500 worth of Lego sets. So, crazy. you know, yeah, it is crazy. And, of course, shoplifting from a toy store has got to be easier than knocking off a bank. But <laughs> a thief is a thief. But he could be going for anything, you know, he could be stealing cars, he could be stealing coins or money or anything, and they go for Legos. So that really, if people are willing to risk going to jail to get <laughs> Legos, I think it pretty well says that Legos is an established market and something that's not going to go away anytime soon. Now, listeners, don't you go stealing Legos. <laughs> No, and it's it's not nice to steal, of course. I mean, it's good to share. It's better to share. 
and share the wealth. So make a few bucks and um, buy it for a few bucks and everybody wins. But that's shocking. That That is just seriously shocking to me that there's people out there stealing Legos. I'm- yeah, and targeting Legos. That's, what's, that's <laughs> what surprised me. I mean, I, I of course, Legos were around when I was a kid, but they were when my children were young. Sure. And I sort of had a love-hate relationship with them. I like to see them playing with them and building them. But, uh, you know, I had my moments, like, getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and it's dark and I'm in bare feet and you step on one. Oh. Ow, you know, and then hopping around and, and oh. then the fear sets in because you know darn good and well where there's one Lego, there's 12 more. <laughs> That's a you fact. You know, scrambling for the light switch. and Yeah, my dad was like that with my jumping jacks. Ooh, ooh. That thick hurts just thinking about it but but yeah legos are never gonna go away i don't think i mean they've been around for a while well they have the company making legos started just before world war ii in denmark as toy maker they made wooden toys after the war they got into injection molding toys and the patent for what we now know as Legos was made in 1958. And it took a few years to, to get to America. They didn't come over to, to America until I think about 1964. So they've been around for 60 plus years mm-hmm. in the United States. And uh, the rule of thumb by our colleague Harry Rinker is that for the first 30 years of a collectible's life or the life of something that becomes collectible, the value in the first 30 years is purely speculative. It's up and down and some things are going to bite the dust like Beanie Babies and other things are going to to, to gain some traction and go on. You know, Legos have been around for 60 years. The prices have remained strong and it's one of those things that if you're an investor, it's worthwhile to invest in the high-end uh, Legos kits. Now, Legos, you can, I mean, you can buy Legos bricks by the pound for, you know, five, ten bucks, depending on on where you're buying them. Uh, and there will always be a need for Legos bricks. The nice thing about Legos is that the the bricks you buy today will match up with the bit the bricks that that we're making in in the '60s. Yes. So you know. It, you, they're not going to go away. And the market is huge, huge. I mean, there are amusement parks, Lego lands. There's several in Europe. I think there's one in the United States. Yeah, Orlando. But Orlando. Have you been? I have. Um, it's I I just love amusement parks anyhow. But Lego land is just a blast. And, of course, now... I'm not so sure with the pandemic and everything with um, everybody's hands building Legos in the, <laughs> I'm, I don't know how that would be set up at this point because they used to have tables and tables of, of Legos where you can create and build and everybody in the sun is from all over the world is touching them. <laughs> Eggs, literally from all over the world. So I don't know how they're doing that right now, but. I know for me as a flipper, I would pick up Legos, even if they're in um, scattered in a toy box or in miscellaneous um, boxes, 
And then I'd save them up until I had a bunch of them and then weigh them, put them in a bag and weigh them and, and sell them by the pound on eBay. And I've done well doing that. Define done well. Um, $80 for probably eight pounds. Right. So it just depends. And then the great thing, what I, what my little procedure is, I'll get a flat rate medium or a large box and I'll line it with mm-hmm. plastic, a plastic bag, and then I'll just let it sit on the shelf. And then as I find, and then I'll market Legos. And then as I, you know, treasure hunting, and if I have, you know, Legos, miscellaneous Legos that I've purchased in a box lot, then I'll just keep adding them to the box till it's filled up. Are you doing just the Legos bricks or is it miscellaneous parts and figurines? And Well, first, I would definitely check to see if they do well on their own because there are parts, believe it or not, that do well on their own. And you can get couple hundred dollars actually for a mini fig they're called the mini figurines and it just depends if it's rare or not so you have to do your research on those on on those parts and sometimes also before you sell it's better to divide them into color because Mm -hmm. if you have if you check the market and say, well, red Lego parts are selling better than gray Lego parts, and I could make more money versus putting them all together. So sometimes you're better off separating them by color to see what you have. So you kind of want to explore all of the options and strategies for listing them. Right. Yeah, I agree with what you said about colors. I was looking at eBay this morning, and just to try to get an idea of what bricks were going for by the pound and ten dollars was was about yeah it then i saw for uh, ten dollars some baggies they look like quart size baggies it may have been gallons it was I, I wasn't looking that closely baggies full of yellow bricks and they were 10 bucks so you know and it couldn't possibly have uh have been a pound worth of no. bricks. They don't weigh that much. But it was interesting that separating by the colors like that really made a difference in terms of the price you get. Okay, Dana, I think this is a good place to take a break. So let's take a pause for a word from our sponsor. Hey, eBay sellers. It pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket, wherever you go. For a 7-day, 7-look-up free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're talking about buying and selling and finding Legos. So you have to just check and see what's what's trending or what's hot as far as the box lot of multiple colors or individual colors and then also the figurines. There's also the sheet. It's like a it's the bottom of a of something that you're gonna build. So it's flat and it's just a sheet. And sometimes those sheets will do well on their own. What about kits? Have you 
bought the kits or sets or however they're. Yeah, I I have. I've I when especially when um, Toys R Us. <laughs> Toys R Us used to have exclusives, you know, that were designed just for Toys R Us, and they were they were pretty popular doing that. But of course, we don't have Toys R Us, but you can still go into Walmart or Target or any of the big box stores and then scan those barcodes with um, your eBay app, and then look when you do that, it'll show all of them that are currently listed. And so when I do that, the first thing I look at is how many are listed. So if there's thousands, I don't even, I don't even research any further <laughs> personally. But if there's only a few listed, then I'll switch it to adjust my filter to sold mm-hmm. and then take a look at what they've been selling for. And then I adjust it to highest price first. And then I take a look at, you know, what, what's the most I could get estimated. And then after I look at that, then I open the WorthPoint app. And then I kind of look at the same, the same numbers because all kits have numbers on them and they're easy to search. You can just put in Lego and put in the number and then find it quickly and then take a look at WorthPoint and see what that item has been doing over the years. And then explore of course the current asking price at the store and then kind of get um, a feel for your projected profit margin on that so it's fun to do that it's fun to scan i mean you know i i enjoy doing it and it's funny because i'll see many people in the clearance aisles at target scanning (laughs) items and you know what they're doing they're scanning toys checking them out and as we enter the holiday season, you want to be on top of that right now, especially because it's going to be hard for people to find those toys. That's what they're predicting on the news. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, especially if they're still manufactured in Denmark and they're sitting on a uh, on a cargo ship somewhere waiting to get in the port, it's likely to be a tough Christmas. So I think sellers are going to do really well uh, if they hit the ground running right now. Right. They need to get all of that stuff uh, found and listed before Thanksgiving, and they'll probably sell everything they can find. So the things you were looking at at Target, uh, and of course, were new items. Right. Have you had any experience with uh, vintage items, retired uh, kits, things that aren't being made anymore? Yes, and you can find those practically on every every shelf of Goodwill. There's there's going to be a box, and who wants to sit and count all the parts? So the, <laughs> I don't. Just like puzzles, I'm not going to count them all. And so you you have to um, assume they're all not going to be there. But it's good to open it up if they if it's not taped shut and take a quick look, especially if the minifigs are in there. So, but again, you can still scan the box or you can look up the number and take a look at, at what it's been selling for. And if it's only a couple dollars, then you could still use those, those parts to put in your bulk as needed. So I would still grab those. The other thing is, um, I think it was McDonald's or Burger King or somebody put out little bags of Lego building kits and they have maybe, I don't know, 
10 pieces in a bag and they were in the happy meals. And those I've done, you know, I've done $12, $15 and they're not huge sellers, but it makes you wonder if you shouldn't hold on to those or should you open them up or, you know, should you add them to your parts bag? <laughs> yeah. So they're also, I've seen them as samples. So you can find every once in a while, you'll see a, a sample of of Legos in a little bag. And I think Legos was doing that for a while at different events, mm -hmm. maybe right. Legoland or different places that you go would have a little sample. And, and those little figs that are in those samples or in even the Happy Meal toys or anything like that are usually pretty valuable. You know, the thing that impresses me the most about Legos is it's one of the few things for flipping that it's just hard to go wrong. I mean, there's some that, you know, maybe you won't get as much money for as you'd like, but others will be four-figure items. It's really hard to lose because even if you've got a set that doesn't have all the pieces in it, it will still sell because there's going to be someone, some collector, somewhere that needs the pieces that are in your box, even if you don't have all of them. So it, it's, it's just, I don't know, I've got to tell you, I am really impressed with the Scandinavians. I mean, they've just, they got the system down. You know, the, uh, the, the Swedes have Ikea, and they sell the furniture broken down in a box and send it to you, and then the, the grown-ups have to put all this furniture together. And then the Danes uh, invent Legos and they have all of these little blocks and they put them in a box and they ship them to the kids and the kids have got to put the toys together. It's just, <laughs> think of all the labor that they don't have to pay in the factory to make this stuff. It makes me wonder what the Norwegians are going to come up with. I don't know, maybe assemble it yourself mountaineering equipment or, or <laughs> snowshoes or something like that. Now, there's also people that do Lego art where they'll they'll buy the bricks to make uh, mosaics. And that's another reason why people need the colors. They need certain colors. I know there's one on eBay right now for $800. And that's a handmade mosaic that an artist has created. There's also... Um, mosaics on Mickey Mouse. There's, there's different mosaics on different types of art. So I think it's really interesting that people are just so clever, you know, to take, take these, these items and then create art and then uh, make a living selling them. I saw a Lego um, Marilyn Monroe sold for $80. And that was actually a construction kit by Lego. By Lego, really? Wow. Here's something that uh, folks who are serious about collecting or flipping Legos might be interested in. There, There is a website that I refer to uh, regularly for this type of thing. It's called BrickEconomy.com. And it's all about the economics of Legos. And it is wonderful. It has uh, one of the menu items is analysis. And it has a little slider bar where you can move the bar 
uh, to various years, and it has uh, all of the kits for various years. It'll tell you which kits were the best sellers in which years, and it will give you charts and graphs huh. and the amount of uh, the annual growth of a particular kit in a particular span of years. You can adjust the slider bar from the, the right and the left. Uh, it's just r- remarkable the amount of data that they've got in there. And then it can also set you up with, you know, deals where to buy the stuff. I'm sure that's how they get paid. But uh, the, the, the data in here is just absolutely wonderful. That sounds awesome. Well, it is. I liked it because I'm I'm kind of a data guy. You know, I before I buy anything, I want to know who's going to buy it and what it's going to sell for and how much I'm going to have to pay for it. So you don't like that mystery? Oh no, rolling the <laughs> dice. You don't like to roll the dice. You're not a gambler. Well, not at this point in my life. As a kid, I don't think I played with Legos as a child, but. I remember, um, of course, having the kits and buying them for my children. And and my son was really into Star Wars. So we would build um, the Star Wars adventures that, you know, they had to offer. But as far as um, personally as a child, I think it was not something I was interested in. Well, of course, I, I was a teenager by the time Legos were introduced in America. So for me, my... Similar construction toy was Lincoln Logs. <laughs> I remember Lincoln Logs, yes. Yeah, so that's what I had, Lincoln Logs. And I always wish they'd made them in different sizes so it could have like a little outhouse in the back and a little corn crib, that yeah, kind of right. thing. You know, all you I, could really make with Lincoln Logs was log cabins and forts. I just had blocks. Blocks, right. Just blocks. Okay, Dana. Well, the uh, the Lego clock on the wall says it's half past a brick and, and quarter to a fig. So I guess that means it's this is the place to stop. We're at the end of the episode. It's been real. Yes. Build it up to flip it out. That's right. Flip it. Don't skip it. All right. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. WorthPoint.